The sound of crashing and buckling metal. A collision. The vehicle stopped abruptly. No, not a car. A multi-billion dollar U.S. Navy nuclear submarine in the South China Seas. Investigators have now finished looking into the case. The USS Connecticut was running below the surface on October 2nd when she struck something. The nuclear reactor and the engines remained undamaged, but the sub had to run on the surface to make its seven-day voyage to the repair yard on Guam. Navy investigators have concluded that the ship hit an uncharted underwater mountain, so-called Seamount. Now, the result of the investigation goes up the chain of command for review. Vice Admiral Carl Thomas is the one who decides if disciplinary action will be taken. It can be terrifying if your actions are under investigation. But Christians can know that because of Christ, one day we will hear, well done, good and faithful servant. Welcome to Haven Today. I'm Charles Morris, sharing the great story that's all about Jesus. And this is a program called The Living Nativity. There are echoes at Christmas time. And I'm not just talking about bells echoing. Echoes from the Christmas past that resound today. Memories with family members who are long gone. Hopes that new memories will be made afresh this year. And these echoes continue as we think about the story of Christmas. Echoes from the Old Testament heard in the New Testament. In Psalm 23, we read about our Lord being the Good Shepherd. And now think forward to John 10. Jesus called himself the Good Shepherd. And of course, this word echoes loudly when the angels announced the birth of Christ to the shepherds in Luke's Gospel, chapter 2. First Noel, the angels did say, was to certain poor shepherds in fields as they lay. We sing these lines every year, but do you really stop to think about what they mean? The word Noel is easy enough. That means an announcement of birth. But I mean the last part of the line. Do we ever stop to think about who the shepherds were who came to see our newborn Lord? Do we ever wonder why it's significant that they were the first to hear about it. In a moment, we're going to talk about these shepherds. We're going to hear the echoes from the old into the new. So stay with me, and I pray you'll be blessed as I was to look at them. Now, I know talking about Christmas is a bit taboo for many this early in November, but why not? We're the program that's all about Jesus, and his birth is a big part of that story. And I also have another reason. I want you to start thinking about how to talk about the real Jesus, who was born in a real nativity this Christmas season. 
And one way you can do that, with the kids in your life, is with the Manger Mission. We asked one of the co-creators to explain exactly what this family tradition is all about. We have seen that as children do this, one of the things that we love is building the anticipation of returning the wise men to the nativity and just the tie to um, the anticipation of Christ coming and experiencing Christ in our lives and slowing down during a busy season has been something really special about this. The Manger Mission. It is an activity that's nothing less than fun, but so much more than that. To help your family anticipate Jesus through the journey of the wise men. After the program, I want to give you an opportunity to support Haven today by getting you a boxed set of the Manger Mission for your gift to Haven today. And as our thank you for going above and beyond with what you can send, we'll send the Manger Mission with both the storybook and woodblock nativity. The number to call after this program is 800-654-2836, 800-65-HAVEN. Or let me give you a special invitation to come to our website. You may be wondering, what in the world is this guy talking about? Well, we've put up a little video there. You just have to keep scrolling down until you get to going deeper. And it shows a family using the Manger Mission. And then you can make your gift and get it yourself at haventoday.org. Haventoday.org. But be sure and go and watch the video. And just before we open with a song here on Haven Today, we still have the chosen TV show, Seasons 1 and 2, for your gift to the ministry as well. And now here's Andrew Peterson, and he sings about shepherds. While shepherds watch their flocks by night, all seated on the ground, an angel of the Lord came down, and glory shone around. Fear not, said he, for mighty dread had seized their troubled minds. Glad tidings of great joy I bring To you and all mankind To you in David's town this day Is born of David's line The Savior who is Christ the Lord shall be the sign the heavenly baby you there shall find to human view display all meanly wrapped in swaddling bands and in a manger lay Hallelujah 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 
Wild Shepherd's Watch by Andrew Peterson from his Behold the Lamb of God album. Here on Haven Today, I'm Charles Morris. The program is called The Living Nativity. We're talking about shepherds today, and that's a big part of the living nativity. And before we take time to listen to the echoes of the old into the new, let's read a portion of Luke 2 that introduces us to this most interesting group of people. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth. Peace to those on whom his favor rests. Now it's pretty hard to think of many Bible passages that are more familiar. After all, we can't even watch the Charlie Brown Christmas special without hearing good old Linus repeat this passage word for word. But why is it so important? Why did the angels come to the shepherds? Why did the shepherds come to see the newborn Messiah? And why did the Holy Spirit make sure that this made it into our Bibles? Well, to answer these questions... We have to go back to the Old Testament, back to Psalm 23. Now, you know this passage, of course. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Are there any parts of the Bible that are more comforting to believers? And I don't mean superficial comfort. Psalm 23 has helped believers since it was first written, even those who are in the valley of the shadow of death. The psalm gives us one of the pictures of a shepherd, a leader, and a protector. In the ancient Near East, a shepherd would actually lead his sheep. Imagine with me that we're on a hot, dry journey through the ancient Judean countryside. It hadn't rained for a while, and so we could see dust rising in the distance, coming from over the next hill. Whatever is causing the dust is coming straight towards us, and soon we see it a large herd of sheep, but at their head is a man with a staff. That's the shepherd leading his sheep in the way that they should go. Not driving them in front of him, shepherds were leaders and protectors. In fact, one of the most famous shepherds to ever live was a young man named David, the son of Jesse. The Lord said to him in 2 Samuel 7, I took you from the pasture, from tending the flock, and appointed you ruler over my people Israel. That king, after God's own heart, started out as a shepherd. And though he was far from perfect, he did lead God's people well for the most part. But then came the shepherds after David. In Jeremiah 23, Yahweh says this about the corrupt leaders of his people, Israel. 
Woe to the shepherds who are destroying and scattering the sheep of my pasture. But what is the answer? Well, God told us, I will place shepherds over them who will tend them, and they will no longer be afraid or terrified, nor will any be missing. Clearly, the idea of shepherding is important in the Bible. God promises that the coming Messiah would be a shepherd, and not just any old shepherd. He would be the good shepherd who laid down his life for his sheep. We read this prophecy in the book of Isaiah. He tends his flock like a shepherd. He gathers the lambs in his arms and carries them close to his heart. He gently leads those who have young. And that's exactly what happened that day in Bethlehem. The good shepherd was born. But who were the shepherds we read about in Luke chapter 2? What were sheep herders like in that time and place? Well, I'd like us to learn a little more. Here is the famous Middle Eastern scholar, the Christian Dr. Kenneth Bailey, who spent 40 years teaching the Bible at Bible colleges in the Middle East. Dr. Kenneth Bailey. Every family's got three or four sheep. They combine, and either one young man or two young women will herd the sheep for the season. There might be 50, 60, whatever sheep. And what happens every day is the shepherd comes to the end of the alley, gives the call. At the giving of the call, everybody who is waiting for it opens the door of the little courtyard that may be at the side of the house or maybe the back. And the sheep go out into the street and they follow the call and off they go. Nobody's got any hay stored in the house, not like American farmers who cut the hay and store it and they can feed their sheep all winter long. No, the sheep have to go out every day because they graze. That's the only food there is. And if they can't get there, then the sheep are going to lose weight and finally die. So what happens? How do you manage this when you've got rain in November and December, and if you're lucky, a little bit in January, And by the end of February, the rains are over and there isn't going to be any more. And now you've got all these nine months of the rest of the calendar year. And the shepherds going out from a city like Bethlehem, I've watched them do this. Actually, two weeks ago I was there and I again was delighted to see this happening. They will go out until they can find something to eat. Now, this is open land that that nobody can farm because there's not enough water. And then at night, they'll come back to the village. Every sheep goes to its own home. And then the next day they go out. And of course, this time they've got to go a little bit further. And all the other herds in the town are doing the same thing. By the time you get to the middle of summer, it's a long ways out there before you find something for them to eat that either your herd or some other herd has not already eaten. So the time and energy getting there and the time and energy getting back is too much. What do you do? They find caves, and across the cave, the shepherds will, they will build a slow wall with just enough space for one sheep to enter at a time, and that's how the shepherd can count the sheep at the end of the day. He'll put his stick across that open space, and the sheep will come in, and they can't jump on top of each other, and they can't crowd in two at a time. And he'll be able to count them and get an accurate count. And that's why the, the thing of going after the lost sheep is tricky, because it's already late in the afternoon, and you've got to hustle, and you don't have much light in the night except for just perhaps a small lamp. 
All right, so that's what you do out, or if there isn't a cave nearby, the shepherds will build an enclosure. I've seen them on the, in the hill country of Judea, and they're big enough to hold about 100 sheep or a little more. That's quite a picture, isn't it? This is why the shepherds were living out in the fields nearby on that wonderful night, the first Christmas. But that's the normal part. Shepherds keeping watch over their flocks during the dark of night was as common as could be. But angels appearing to them? No one in their right mind would have expected that. After all, shepherds were poor outcasts from society. They were lowly and uneducated. Especially during the drier months, they would see more sheep than they would other people. Perhaps the words we could use to describe them would be rough around the edges— What's worse, many rabbis had labeled their profession as unclean, and so fear was a very appropriate response on their part. First of all, any of us would be frightened to see a group of angels suddenly appear. I know I would be terrified, but even more than that, if the Messiah had truly been born in Bethlehem, why on earth would those on the lowest rungs of the social ladder be invited to meet him before anyone else? What was going on there? Well, think about what the angels said to these lowly people. They would find this kingly child, not in a palace, not in a mansion, but in a manger. And he would be wrapped in cloths, which is what lowly peasants like these shepherds did with their own children as babies. And suddenly it's falling into place. It's beginning to make sense. Jesus didn't just come for the richest of the rich. The Messiah wasn't born to avoid the shepherds or the prostitutes or the tax collectors and the sinners. In fact, right from the beginning, right from the very first Christmas, we can see that it is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. Jesus didn't come to call the righteous. He came to call sinners. So they went and they greeted the tiny Jesus, finding him wrapped in a manger, just as the angels had said. These shepherds were among the first to meet the good shepherd. And then they left, praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen. And do you know why there was such praise coming from these sheep herders? Because this child, this Messiah, was born to people like them the poor, the lowly, the rejected. Oh, yes, he also came for the rich and the wise who later came with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. But this baby boy was born in Bethlehem 2,000 years ago. And everyone who believes in him can repeat these words with confidence. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Oh, Lord, you're my shepherd. You make me lie in fields of green. You lead me by the still waters. You restore righteousness to me. Though I
Well, a great song here on this haven today as we've looked at the shepherds, goodness, love, and mercy. Thank you, Chris Tomlin. We've never met, but someday I look forward to. And this is Haven Today in the Living Nativity. Wasn't it great to hear the echoes of Christmas from the old into the new as we looked at the lives of the shepherds? They're a big part of the story. The story I hope that you are preparing to share with everyone you love this Christmas season. There are so many competing stories now at Christmas, from Santa to Frosty to Rudolph. If we're not careful, they can push out the real story, the true story of Jesus. And that's why we're sharing with you about the manger mission early this year. So you have time to plan and prepare to help your family from kids to grandkids, from nieces to nephews, everyone who needs to find the living Jesus this year. The manger mission comes in a beautiful green box. Janet and I unwrapped ours yesterday. It comes with a storybook and a full nativity set with 12 characters made from blocks of wood, and they're sized to fit in a child's hand. Not only does it encourage children to be creative, but it's already inspiring my wife Janet and me to focus on Jesus more during the Christmas season. Our prayer and the prayer of the creators of the Manger Mission is that children and grown children will find Jesus more this Christmas season. So would you call us right now? Your gift to Haven Today is tax deductible. It'll help us keep sharing the great story with many others. And with our thanks, we'll send the Manger Mission to you ASAP with free shipping because we have them in our warehouse. Our number for you to call right now is 800-654-2836. 800-65-HAVEN. You can also take a closer look at the Manger Mission by watching that video on our website. Just scroll down towards the bottom of our page, click on Going Deeper, and you can watch it. And you can also listen to the full-length Great Stories podcast, where we talk with the creators of the Manger Mission. And that's where you can also make your gift, at haventoday.org. Haventoday.org. And don't forget, we still have The Chosen Seasons 1 and 2 on DVD for your gift as well. Get a set for yourself to enjoy. Get one to give away to someone this Christmas who needs to learn more about Jesus. I'm Charles Morris. Thanks for joining me. Come back again tomorrow. And on Friday, we get to share again the great story. It's all about Jesus here on Haven Today. Here for your encouragement and your walk with Jesus, I'm Charles Morris with Haven Ministries, inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. Do you remember the Where's Waldo books? I haven't seen one of those in years, but I remember searching for that funny little man dressed in a red striped shirt, stocking cap and glasses, and at times he was almost impossible to find. You know, learning to see Jesus in the Old Testament can sometimes feel a little bit like Where's Waldo? But once you get the hang of it, you'll start to see references to the promised Messiah and the work he would do all over the place. And on the road to Emmaus, Jesus helped two of his followers to finally see the big picture. It says, beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. Get more daily encouragement with Anchor Devotional. Try it out 
at getanchor.com.